0: Ladies and gentlemen Live from down by the river Starring Mike Murray And
1: Nicole Rovine This is personnel. SNL By the numbers Numbers Numbers
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back for yet another week of SNL By The Numbers Season 48. Another week, so much more to say. I'm here, as always, with our stats guru, Mike Murray. Mike, how are you?
0: I'm doing great. I have an announcement to make because today is a special day in the SNL By The Numbers community. It is the second birthday of the podcast, of By The Numbers podcast. So oh, wow. This is our. Th- I mean, it's a numbers show, you know. So this is well, our third and season. We've broken doing the it. fourth
2: wall already. And it does feel right so. to introduce our guest before we make the this this announcement. Our our guest is yeah, none other absolutely. than John Schneider, who you all know very well. You all love very much. It's John. It's the reason we're we're all here. whether we all know each other. All of that. So John, what's up?
1: Not much. I mean, I'm like the Kool Aid man. I just burst through that wall here to talk to you about numbers. Very excited to be back. Uh, the guests have been great, but Daddy's home. I'm excited to be back on the By the Number Show.
2: Well, we're happy that you're here, and Mike, continue with your announcement now. Now that Father is here and, and everyone yeah, knows. Yeah, that, that, that he's
0: was here. it. Was, once Daddy John entered the chat, that <laughs> was, was getting it. worse. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we SNL stats started for season 46. And me and John met and then came up with this idea for the show. And that was two years ago today. And I am lighting a little birthday cake for oh SNL gosh. by the numbers.
2: He really so, is on screen yeah. right now. That's so sweet, Mike.
0: So everybody right, uh, make, show, make a wish. So that's it.
2: Wait, let's really all make a wish. If you're listening right now, make a wish for yourself. doesn't have to be for us. Everyone just make a wish and send good vibes to yourself and your own, your own life.
0: Absolutely yeah all right i've made okay. my wish
1: wow yes. yes i wish for i wish Cheers. for two more years of by the number show wait don't
2: then... don't tell your wish oh don't, okay it's bad luck all
1: right okay sorry daddy messed up yeah okay. <laughs> 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 all right, Let's keep
2: going. well anyways we're here for another episode and john so you know we ask everyone we're, we're working through different phrases you know like a thermostat perhaps eric our guest from last week recommended that phrase so we're working through different different phrases i think that one's really amazing so we've had you on before this season so we'll we'll, we'll just do another check-in for in the context of our by the numbers shows what is your thermostat on the season now now that we're a good chunk into it
1: Well, I think statistically, this is going to be the most fascinating episode to talk about because this is the least SNL, SNL you can possibly get, in my opinion. I think I would say maybe it would be interesting to compare episode six of last year as well, where we had that Taylor Swift 10 minute by the numbers. I feel like episode sixes often end up being weird episodes, but I think this is going to be a really interesting episode to talk about. But as far as my season opinion is concerned, I think on some of the other podcasts, I sort of alluded to it, which is. You know, the season for me is extremely volatile right now. It's up and down. I think all the evens have been really strong. So, episodes 2, episode 4, episode 6, I think episode 1, 3 and 5 have probably lacked in different ways. So, for me, I find that method of a season is sort of really difficult to cover especially from an analytics perspective and and any analyst on our network could Could describe that because there's no flow, there's no pattern, there's no, you know, the themes. It's hard to grasp storylines and stuff like that from episode to episode because they feel so different. So I think for me, this is, in a way, one of the most difficult seasons to cover, even though there's so many exciting things like new cast members and, you know, some returns that have been interesting as well. So I think that for me, I am in an interesting spot where I absolutely have no idea what we're going to see in December. At least last year, we had a three episode run in a row, three, four, and five that were like ridiculously strong. So everyone was like gung ho and super high on season 47. But for me, season 48 has been wild.
2: Yeah, I think that's so fair. And yeah, wild is, is an interesting word to, to describe it. I feel like, yeah, the thermostat is sort of broken, not in the sense that it's been so good or so bad, but it's just been wobbling all over the place. So I, I, I'm kind of with you on that one. Mike, anything you want to add to that? No, I
0: agree. yeah I agree. Um, my my read too. I mean, I, I give it every week on the show. Last week I made a comparison about like how the SNL reminds me of the NFL because the early parts of the season, you kind of don't know what you have. Like the strengths and weaknesses haven't really shown up too much, but you're at the same time figuring out what you know, what maybe what's in store. But for this season, I think I really like my favorite thing about it is the unpredictability. You know, whatever happened to unpredictability. It's back.
2: Good, good one. Although Candace uh, Cameron Bure is is on on the the not not good right now. Not, oh, is not she relevant that. again? Could've Unfortunately, we won't um, get into it. But she's just she's just kind of trash. She's yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's how I feel. Is she hosting next episode?
0: Where? Who's hosting? <laughs> <No. laughs>
1: okay. Wouldn't be a crazy call considering some of the decisions that
0: happened. But uh, we'll talk. Yeah. About. Anyway, so my as a fan of SNL, like a big part of what I love about the show is like, I kind of had this like weird chaos relationship with the show where like, obviously I like the show. I like comedy, but even when the show is bad, I like it almost as much. as when it's good only because of the history of the show and that it's so by nature volatile that this season has kind of like scratched that itch for me because going in, we didn't know we're getting, you know, we have four new rookies and we have two from last year that are back so, in a cast of 17, six out of 17 are fairly new faces, a lot of departures, and then, like, you know, a bunch of first time hosts. And then, you know, in the middle of the broadcast last week during Amy Schumer, we get the Chappelle announcement. And I'm just like a k- agent of chaos at SNL. Give me anything weird, anything out of the ordinary. And I just want to see what happens because I, what's more boring than, like, I, maybe because, like, when uh, a former cast member um, is announced, Everyone gets really excited, and I'm like, whatever. Like, I've seen them on the show for so long. But that's maybe a hot take. But I like when it's just, like, a host. I have no idea what's going to happen. And I wouldn't say Chappelle is that kind of host because his episode was what I anticipated. But with some of the new hosts that I've never heard of, I had that feeling. So that's kind of been how I'm feeling with the uh, season so far through six. I am with
2: you that I like, especially on this show, I like when... I don't like an episode. It's just fun because it's like why we can, you know, draw parallels and reasons. What are the reasons that like the objective reasons that we don't like certain episodes, certain hosts, you know, it's it's fun to be like, you know, there are feelings, but there are also numbers. So, you know, when we can talk about both, then they kind of I think one makes the other more valid when you can mix how you feel and what you saw. And that's just the magic here. So. Anyway, so yeah, so we, we've, we've got our thermostat down, I'm going to debut right now our screen time that Mike has provided for the episode, and then we'll read it out.
1: I'm very excited we'll to that. get to see this because I, I have to think like this is going to be the most interesting screen time we've had this season so far with all of the different possibilities and, you know, Dave
0: taking over the episode in certain ways. So I'm excited to see it. I was too just following it i didn't know what to expect after watching it live
2: yeah all right well here we go i'm gonna read it out for our audio listeners so we have at the top dave Chappelle, 21 minutes 13 seconds black star 8 minutes 20 seconds mikey day 8 minutes 1, 8 minutes 1 second colin jost 7 minutes 20 seconds heidi gardner 6 minutes 26 seconds Mad Lib, 5 minutes 40 seconds keenan thompson 4 minutes 58 seconds Bowen Yang, 4 minutes, 34 seconds. Ego Wodum, 4 minutes, 5 seconds. Sarah Sherman, 3 minutes, 37 seconds. James Austin Johnson, 3 minutes, 20 seconds. Marcelo Hernandez, 3 minutes, 20 seconds as well. Michael Longfellow, 3 minutes, 11 seconds. Devin Walker, 2 minutes, 49 seconds. Michael Che, 2 minutes, 21 seconds. Punky Johnson, 2 minutes, 16 seconds. Andrew Dismukes, 2 minutes, 1 second. Cecily Strong, 1 minute, 55 seconds. Molly Carney, 1 minute, 50 seconds. Chloe Feynman, 1 minute and 10 seconds. Martin Herlihy, 58 seconds. Ben Marshall, 54 seconds. John Higgins, 47 seconds. Danelle Rowling's 43 seconds. Steve Kornacki, 28 seconds. Steve Higgins, 18 seconds. And Ice-T, 12 seconds. So Mike, starting with you, what do you want to highlight for everybody here?
0: I first of all, we're going to cover the long monologue, so we'll save that. But I think going in, seeing Chappelle hosting, you expect the long monologue, but didn't know if he'd be in many sketches, Fenny. And last time he hosted, he was at 20 minutes, 18 seconds, so under a minute uh, between hosting stints as far as the difference that Chappelle was on screen. And the thing that stands out to me is that it was like, Everybody in the cast showed up and no one was under a minute. So no one in the cast was really left behind in this episode. Where last time that was not the case, it was a lot of absences. And you know, Chappelle was a lot less controversial then. So it wasn't like it was on purpose. It was just that we had kind of the goodbye to Jim Carrey as Biden and Maya Rudolph and Alec Baldwin and stuff. So that took up a lot of time before we even got to the monologue. And I remember I think it was the uh, Notre Dame Clemson game was on that night and the episode was delayed, and it was just like the call of that race was that morning so it was like a really crazy day I remember I had friends over and when Chappelle finally went on for his monologue I think it was you know it was already pretty late for that long monologue but yeah everyone showed up and everyone had some time this episode which was, I thought was pretty cool and pretty surprising John what do you think
1: well you know coming into the episode I sort of felt like it's you know analytically the episode would look a little bit more like Megan the Stallion because you know Chappelle's brand of humor often involves other black performers. So to me, my expectation would be that, you know, Keenan and Ego and uh, Punky and Devin, like these would be cast members that would be near the top of the screen time list. And I think this is very surprising to see that Mikey Day and Heidi Gardner are two of the highest cast members on this list. And, you know, when you think about it, it's like, okay, why is that? Well, you know, they always needed a foil, you know, in terms of being able to pick the one white person in in the, the black sketch to be able to give the opposite view and then, uh, have, you know, build the comedy from there. And we saw that in, in, you know, many times in this episode with regards to, you know, potato hole and then the, um, black heaven barbershop. So for me, I think it totally makes sense that if you have the focus on one person in the sketch who is considered the other, just in terms of sketch language, you're going to have people like Mikey, who would be at the top of the list. And then Heidi Gardner obviously had, uh, you know, a big role in the cold open combined with her appearance as an anchor in the potato hole sketch. So that sort of makes sense where it combines to have them near the top of the list. And uh, fascinating to me where you whereas in the Megan Thee Stallion episode, you would see a lot of our black performers be at the top of that list.
2: Yeah, I was gonna say you're right, of course, that that Dave's brand of humor is a lot of involving other black performers, but I would say a lot of his humor is making fun of white people. So right. I feel like and especially Mikey was was that a lot of this episode. And so um, you know, I I enjoy it. I find it to be very like, yeah, that is a, a good point about us white people. I I I think he, you know, that is something I, I really enjoyed about the episode was just making fun of white people that I just think that was really well done and fun, fun to watch. So yeah, some something else is the average number of sketch appearances per person as we could predict was low because there just weren't as many pure sketches. Although more than I thought, I feel like the episode had more sketch content and memorable, immersive, immersive, immersed sketch content than I would have guessed. And with Dave, you know, being a part of more than I I thought he would be. But it is interesting to see that like the average screen time or, you know, maybe like the the median screen time even could be a better way to look at it. Her cast member is, is pretty high. And then the sketch appearances obviously is, is lower. So it, it is just this season, that trend that we're always, you know, noticing is there really are not a lot of shutouts. It's like, even when there are way fewer sketches than usual in this episode, as we all you know guess what happened even then in that case they're still able to find ways and are intentional about having everybody be a part of it and and finding a place for everyone to be a part of a part of the show which i think is is great for morale to have such a you know in a turnover season to have that consistency that you can pretty much expect unless someone is in a different state or working on something else it seems this season you can pretty much expect that everyone on the cast will show up somewhere somehow, so I like that. I think it's it's nice. It feels like the way it it should feel, you know. I think that this whole huge cast that has just been a trend in recent years, which I've I've argued in favor of for many reasons. I think it's a good thing for the show, um, but it has led to the like just normalizing people just getting shut out. And so I think it it you can tell that the effort is is there to make sure that 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 everybody has a showcase of some kind week to week so um yeah also just purely uh just number of people here this this is a lot more people than most other episodes this year you know there was a please don't destroy there were a lot of cameos things like that so this this is a a longer list than we have typically seen throughout the season
1: Also good on SNL. I mean, consider like all things considered, we don't know exactly how every single cast member felt about being in this episode, but like good for them that they ended up pulling together a final product that had every single person in it. Cause if there was going to be an episode where somebody was going to get shut out or, you know, given like an absent, this would be the episode, but we ended up having our full cast here and it, it, it is a, positive storyline for me, at least from the season, to have that every single cast member has made an appearance in every episode so far. That's something I would not have guessed six episodes in.
2: Yep, other than Cecily, of course, but I think um sure, who, sure, who's, sure. Yeah. who's lower on the list than I would have ever guessed her to be at all this season. She's in the bottom third of the list. So but yeah, interesting. Any other notes on this before we show the power rankings?
0: Yeah, do you, either of you guys know was Cecily at Goodnights?
1: Nights? Uh, I do have that note. Hold on. Uh, just because I, have... I know, it
0: cold yeah. open and done. So
1: yeah, the only people who were not in the Good Nights, from what I was uh, told and from what I saw myself, Bo and Molly and Sarah. Apparently, Cecily was at Good Nights.
0: Okay, just because you know we've seen uh, Cecily did that last season. I think maybe in the Billy Alice episode was in the cold open. and Then didn't see her again and. You know, Pete Davidson kind of was became notorious at the end of the season right. last year when he was there. That
2: which people you know, didn't talk was, about enough. He was never at Good Nights. Period. Yeah, unless ever. he
0: was, you know, jumping on Machine Gun Kelly or something. He was. Uh, I
1: have an interesting Pete Davidson question. I was thinking about this week. I know I don't know if this is the appropriate time to discuss this very quickly, but has he been to more SNL after parties than appeared in SNL episodes? No. Okay. I don't know if Why that's do true. You think that. I mean, I'd he was like, at the after party this week, for in, what it's worth. Yeah,
2: But I don't think when he was at, at... I feel like he goes to more after parties now that he's not a cast member. I feel like when he was yeah. a cast member, he was... If there was one cast member who didn't show up to the after party, I know sometimes it was him. So okay. I think it's kind of funny. Maybe, maybe now he'll be a fixture at the after parties. You know, kind of like the the guy who graduated from high school and he's like, you know, I didn't go to the parties back then and now I'm kind of regretting it. So I'm just going to stick around and hang out. <laughs> not that that's Pete's vibe at all. Cause Pete can go wherever he wants, but I mean, that's sort of the vibe because he was not going to the parties as often at the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, Pete did start and end an entire SNL career within his twenties. Um, so he's still in that at that age before we move on though, I wanted to just see what your guys thoughts were on Either this monologue, I mean, it's probably been dissected enough, but at least the length of it is a, is it regards to numbers? Just because the last monologue, I think everyone was like, oh my God, this is so long of a monologue that this one now, like you're expecting it. And it almost was the same duration. Um, so I just throwing that out there before we move on.
1: Yeah, well speaking of things that are long, you know, talking about Pete and then going to today's monologue. The, you <laughs> nice. know, the, the um in 2020, Mike, I was asked uh, you know, from some of our media friends who do recaps. They were like, Hey, is this the longest monologue of all time? And I think it was right before, if I remember correctly, right before you and I met, and I didn't know you were doing screen time, and I was trying to figure it out myself, and I did calculate that that was the longest monologue of all time. I believe this is the second, if I can understand that correctly, the second longest monologue of all time. And then I do have that list of that top five. Mike, were you able to look into that at all?
0: Well, I'm actually the first. number show two years ago today was right after Chappelle. Um, so we were okay. talking about that. But as far as just if people want to know the difference, it was uh, that one I had at six. 16, 19, 16 minutes, 19 seconds was the 2020 Chappelle episode. And this one was at 15 minutes, one second, pretty close for that being the record breaker. This was a, you know, close second. So that's my insight on that. But, and I I always just uh, clock the monologue as like, as soon as they're announced and they walk out the door because it's, you don't want to get into a a hazy. Is it still the montage? Is it the monologue one as it began? So with this one, it was actually when they started playing uh try a little tenderness when the snl band started playing that and then Chappelle walked out and i did find out that Chappelle did ask for that which i thought was interesting just because oh cool it was like a special moment for like a host to enter with music i think john you mentioned that snoop Dogg did the same thing yep. and yeah and uh, actually I was...
1: yeah i'll credit our, our interns who who put that together
0: snoop dog and then before that the blues brothers in 98 Yeah, that was a cool touch. And then I was like thinking like Chappelle doesn't really do anything by accident. So I was thinking about that when I heard that on Saturday and then just like the fact that that song by Otis Redding was, you know, famously sampled in Otis from watch the throne by Kanye. That kind of made me think of that. So, so that was interesting.
1: Yeah. Can I also just give Nicole before you go the other list of the rest of the longest monologues of all time from what I have down from before. So We did, I probably did discuss this on the first by the number show, but coming, you know, two years later. So Chappelle definitely has the top three longest monologues of all time at this point from his three appearances. Fourth would be Don Rickles in 1984. It's about 10 and a half minutes. Louis CK has two very long monologues, both in 2014, about nine and a half minutes. And Aziz Ansari has one in 2017, about nine minutes. So those are really like the top five or six from ever. So uh, go ahead, Nicole.
2: Yeah. Yeah, So I, I agree with Mike, I I think just in the sense that it was what I was expecting. I almost wish that it didn't happen, whether it was even longer or shorter. I just feel like the structure of the episode was so sort of set in stone. And, And it's weird that we like, just because he did it last time, and sort of the time before, like, we all were like, so on the same page that it would be the same structure again it was like in retrospect isn't that kind of crazy that we all were like yeah it's gonna be like the same length as last time da 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 you know the like I, I guess the one thing that collectively maybe we weren't you know, or i know i i was wrong about was i thought that he would be have a you know less of a presence in the live sketches but it's it's interesting like in so many ways the episode had surprises or just things that we couldn't anticipate but the one thing that felt pretty unpredictably predictable, if you will, was the structure. It was very Chapellian in a way, and so yeah. I mean, I, I think it's it's also it, it plays to the strengths of the host, and it's I like when, without going too far, when when SNL does cater the show to the the host. You know, I think that in terms of double duty. I do think it can go too far in that direction. And that's why I don't love tons of double duty. Cause I just think it, it that I would say more often than not goes too far in catering the episode to the host and not having them immerse themselves into the fabric of the show. Um, but in a case like this, I, I think it's great to see, you know, like in, in the Amy Schumer episode, I think that not that inside Amy Schumer and SNL are so different, but I do think that the tone of the show felt like, Amy and it felt like her content and you know her stand-up and her, you know, her her show, her sketch show and things like that. So yeah, I think that it's also it's fun, it's a fun format to play with, especially in this modern, extremely digital era. Like they brought the midweek promos back. I feel like that is so in tune with this very specific moment in pop culture and in media. Like it makes so much sense that those were brought back right now. And so I think, you know, playing with the structure digitally in a way you know in the non-canon of the show you know doing that i think is great and also i feel like there is room to play with the structure of the show to an extent you know we like especially for our numbers i think we like when certain things don't change too much because it it makes our our whole job of talking about the numbers a little difficult when things change too much so um a little change is is good but um yeah i'm pretty much on the same page as you guys about the the length of the, the monologue Also, actually, one thing is I feel like the beginning felt slow. The first like four minutes felt slow. And the rest of it, I was like, oh, that sped by. Like, I I really felt like the the speed. um, Yeah, it felt slow. And then it flew. That was sort of my take.
1: Nicole, while you're getting the uh, power rankings ready to go, can I just I have an interesting question from Mike. And I don't know if you're able to answer this while we're on the podcast, but I just thought about it. You have the screen time data for the George Carlin episode, the first episode of SNL, right? Is that like anywhere accessible? Yeah. Okay. Um,
0: I have to, I dig, but I, I do have it. Yeah.
1: Okay, okay. I'm curious if you were to combine the four monologues from uh, George Carlin's episode, did he have more monologue time in that episode than Chappelle had in this one or his longest monologue of all time?
0: Good question cuz he didn't appear anywhere else in the show, right?
1: Did George Car- uh other know, well, than like maybe
0: I... introing somebody at the end of a monologue or something?
1: Yeah, I'd have to go back I have to go back and check my notes, but I I would be curious to know did it did technically George Carlin have the longest monologue of all time and that was just the structure of the episode. So if you can get that for me by the end of the episode, yeah. I think that'd be an I'm interesting. I'm pulling
0: up right answer. now. I do have it. Um, four monologues, 330, 230, eight and 428 for a grand total of 1236 so okay. that is up there and is very valid for a monologue length because he was doing stand-up that he already you know rehearsed and everything so it was definitely monologues they weren't sketches so that, i think that definitely counts and even back then when i did season one um screen time data i just called them monologue one monologue two so he would yeah, definitely so if you be were top to,
1: five yeah if you were to count that he would be
0: number three Right. Behind oh, interesting. Chappelle. So there is precedent. Mm, so,
2: yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, great question. That, yeah, that is a fun question. And we'll, we'll continue to, to talk about that. I feel like, you know, if we see Dave Chappelle in 2024, I feel like that could be, you know, not run for president, host SNL. <laughs> Careful. But I mean, God, uh, I don't know. Anyways, I mean, just celebrities in politics is, is murky, but 2024, on SNL is very likely, I would say. Anyways, so we are going to talk about the power rankings for so far this season collectively and the averages. So I'm going to read those out for our audio listeners, and I'll go I'll go first names this time. So in first place is Heidi with 105.97, then Keenan 100.63, Bowen 89.99, Ego 84.71, Chloe 81.17, Mikey. 79.67. Colin, 76.35. JJ, 68.78. Andrew Dismukes, 66.01. Cecily, 52.45. Michael Longfellow, 49.65. Sarah, 49.14. Michael Che, 48.57. Devin, 41.43. Punky, 40.47. Marcello, 37.57. And Molly at twenty eight point two seven. So, Mike, again, starting with you, anything you want to highlight about this for everybody?
0: Yeah, of course. And as always, this is a stat that combines screen time, appearances, you know, all that stuff into one number. Um, but yeah, I got to start off with my girl Heidi Gardner for the first time um, being a season leading power ranking. So, uh, as ahead of Keenan now by over five points. Um, so that's pretty huge. That Heidi Gardner like I mentioned last week on our show that she's literally putting up Kate McKinnon numbers and I think doing it in like a really tactful sophisticated way because I don't hear anyone saying like enough Heidi Gardner, um, but she's doing it and is like throughout the show in pre tapes in um, cold opens in sketches, Um, you know, I guess did one update with Chloe, um, but has been all over the season. And is number one for a reason. And just like. It would have been if you ask me any of the week who it is, I'm just always going to say Keenan. But Heidi Gardner, it makes sense to me that that she is stepping up to be that way. But like, I just don't see her like a Kate or a Cecily or a Keenan. I I just see Heidi as like can do it all. So I guess I'm just want to give her a shout out. But also that like numbers sometimes that high are like they were all over the episode and everything besides episode two, which is Brendan Gleeson, Heidi Gardner has had over a hundred points. So has been like the absolute statistical MVP of season 48. And I just don't know if that's being talked about enough.
1: Yeah. I mean uh, like last week on, I, I'm going to say it was the patron feedback show. We got a question I apologize if I'm crediting the wrong person, but I think it was Jeremy who sent in this question. And he said, when are people going to start to realize that Heidi Gardner is a star on the show? And I was like, yeah, she is. I mean, it's about damn time. Like it's six seasons in, people have left. Like this is the time for her to step up. And she didn't necessarily like have to, like no one's just being like, hey, Heidi, like take our screen time. Like she is bringing it she's writing sketches we've seen her write with chloe a lot this season and she's written some really good sketches over the last couple of years but she's also getting a roles, so that's like really strong appearances in a lot of these sketches she's filling up the time to me she's becoming i don't want to say the star of the show but she's becoming a star of the show and and probably one of the bigger ones in what we're sort of starting to consider an ensemble cast statistically the numbers don't lie that's why this show is so brilliant that you know and the numbers that mike puts together are so smart because it's like this goes to show you that perception is that heidi is among some of the other stars of the show like you know we'll see at the top of the list like the chloe ego bowen keenan's you know jaj is there too near the top but you know not just it's it's really like heidi and keenan are in a league of their own right now and heidi's even that much further ahead of keenan so i have to say uh, so impressed with her, and I just think like this is this is the star turn for Heidi that I hope she continues and masterfully dominates the season because it's only going to benefit her career uh, in the long run. And look, I mean, are, are we watching Saturday Night Live? Because let me read you this top five: uh, Heidi, Keenan, Bowen, Ego, and Chloe. Uh, how diverse is that? I mean, this is amazing. Forty eight years into this show, I would bet that uh, you will not find another season in the show where there's not at least one white guy in the top five of the power rankings so this is incredible
2: yes i agree it's it's wild and amazing and also like diversity in a lot of ways i feel like all of these people their comedy styles what they bring to the show i feel like there's a lot of diversity in that as well on this top five i mean it's really really cool to see that it's 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 special and it also i think reflects the way that we are in this really like special um ensemble cast era. I think that is really, that we're stepping into, which is cool to see because it's it's five different people who, you know, collaborate a lot, but it's not like we're seeing, you know, say, I mean, Kate and eighty did so much together and on their own, but, you know, it's not like these people that we see at the top are like, oh, well, it's just the, the these two show, you know, it's like we see all of these people in so many different permutations with so many other people throughout this entire list. So it just feels really fresh, you know, and, and it is, it does feel like we're we're seeing, you know, there there is sort of a a clear divide at this point just in terms of like there are people who are really high up. And then you compare, you know, Molly at the bottom of the list is a quarter essentially of of Heidi's, which I mean there there have been worse discrepancies in the past, you know, and, and will be in the future, I'm sure. Um, but it's it is interesting to note, like, and Molly isn't so far behind, you know, the second and the third and the fourth people behind them, but it's just like it's it is interesting always to to talk about how that is the show. Like people who are at the bottom can be really memorable, I would say, like everyone a- across this entire list has had at least, I would say, everyone on the list has had at least three memorable moments this season, you know, and of course that's that's low. I'm, it's more than that, but it's just cool to see. I feel like last season, I wouldn't have said that already. Um, I feel like there really is, which I said when we talked about screen time, but I feel like there is just a big emphasis on not just everybody, you know, it's not just like, a you know, in, in elementary school where everybody gets a, you know, everybody gets an opportunity and a star, but it's 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 not just, you know, that you get to be in it and make a face or make it have a line but everyone seems to be able to really express their comedic voice this season and, and have different types of opportunities. So that's just cool. It, it's, it's exciting. It's fun. It feels fresh. So that's just my, my general sentiment. Of course, you know, just, just to talk about white guys, we do have Mikey, you know, in number six. So he, so there, there is white guy representation close to the top. So that fear, fear not everyone is represented. So yeah, um, Although yeah. Mikey And he had a been, crazy episode. Yeah. I mean, although he's been very, I would say, like, way more up and down than I would have predicted for him. He's had some, like, amazing episodes, as we know, and then some where he didn't have as much of a presence. Where, whereas in the past, we've always described him as, like, a really consistent, like, stable presence where you can always expect to see Mikey pop up a few times and do have a lot going on. But he's been more of, like, a... Which I think is fun. It's fun when someone is more, like used to be very kind of consistent. And then you see a season where they're like having more range and unpredictability, you know, as long as there are the ups with the the downs, like it's, it's fun. Um, you know, it's, it's makes it, makes it interesting, but yeah, like, like Mike said, Heidi is just so consistent. These, these numbers, like there's one episode, you know, um, episode two of the season where she had 69.35, but every other episode she's above a hundred and in some cases, way above 100. So it's just like, that's really cool. Really, really cool.
1: Mike, can I ask? I mean, I think there's nobody that has like a crazier standard deviation on their numbers this season than somebody like Bowen. Because, I mean, that that is a, you know, I think this week was probably a little bit of an exception where he may have like chosen not to be as much a part of the episode. But uh, it still all counts, right? It's still part of the season. So the, the question is here, like, Look at that, like a 130, 131 to start off the season, then goes down to a 50, up to a 102, which is like pretty decent, obviously. Um, And then now down to 63 and 62. He has had like some booms and
0: some busts. Right. I mean, we saw that a lot more last year. I think to Nicole's point that um, and if you're looking on uh, watching with us on the screen, it's you will see like the green episodes stand out because they're like they're the highest. Of that season that this is all percentage based so the uh you know darker colors or uh, for the red or the green um kind of stand out and yeah you'll see that like bowen is like deep green for those three that john mentioned and then like in you know in the middle for the other ones and uh, i was actually curious if john because you mentioned the even episodes uh, were more enjoyable for you if that that showed up at all in the cast if you liked who was you know who scored higher in those episodes if that had anything to do with it just because it it's, it's kind of funny when you see it uh, spelled out in colors. But yeah, I mean, I think last season we saw, I don't know, maybe this is the projection from the fan base, but there seemed to be some negativity or maybe it was that certain cast members were being left out and it felt malicious or it felt that some veterans weren't getting their due when they had opportunities to. But just the all-around vibe of this cast, it doesn't really feel cohesive, but it definitely feels like they're having fun and it's working, so it, there doesn't seem to be a through line yet, as we talked about in our intro today, but it definitely feels like everyone's contributing and like you're going to see something from everybody. There's very few really, really low numbers on this um, screen right now. And last year, there was a lot. So that's definitely my biggest takeaway because we do the power ranking segment on this show. It's really to look at the season at large. And that's what we're seeing here for the yeah, deviation from people to people.
1: Yeah. I don't know if I could find like a statistical through line that would make sense for me. Like why? And and again, my opinion that two, four and six are better episodes than one, three and five uh, is not necessarily the shared opinion of everyone. We did ask this week on the round table, like, what is your favorite episode? It happens to be those three were the most voted on, but there were plenty of people who voted for, you know, one, three and five as well. So it's not like, you know, everybody's going to, you know, different strokes for different folks, but the, I, I sort of think that, you know, statistically, I can't necessarily find a reason why some episodes so far are better than others. I think it's just a combination of like, you know, the host and the writing and stuff like that. Uh, Though I think that these numbers are extremely important when we uh, get through these runs, especially after three episodes, six episodes, nine episodes to then take a look back and be like, okay, what is this person's season actually like as opposed to how they're doing in an individual episode.
2: Yeah. Also, one more thing I'll just circle back to is, is, you know, we're talking a lot about perception and what were our favorites and what did we think versus what was true, you know, all that stuff. So I'll just quickly also mention every week we ask our our Twitter and Instagram audiences, what would you predict, which cast members would you predict had the most screen time this week? And then, of course, we reveal the information right here, right now. Um, but our, our audience said Keenan, 35%, then Ego 33%, then Mikey, 18%, then Michael Longfellow, 5%, and then Heidi, 4%, which is interesting because, of course, just pure screen time. Mikey was at the top, then Colin, then Heidi, then Keenan, then Bowen. So pretty pretty distinct discrepancy there. And a theme with Mikey being that he often does have more screen time than people think he has. So just wanted to point that out as well. Anything
1: can I ask on one more that? question? Um, well, can I ask one more question before we move on, which is, goes back to the fact that, uh, you know, Colin Jost was the, you know, uh, near the top of the screen time this week, but people don't necessarily uh, vote for him or perceive that he will be at the top of the screen time list. I don't know that I actually think about, you know, predicting Jost or Che when, they're, when we ask that question. But Mike, I am curious from you, is uh, how, do you know how many, Guests have gone to Colin this season versus how many guests have gone to Michael like in total through the six episodes?
0: Um I can definitely check on it. It's been okay. very very heavy Colin this season, like a lot. I mean, it always kind of leans that way, but this season's been um extra. But I, I was going to point out uh too is that usually we we kind of gripe about how Colin or Che is like too high in the power rankings and this season they they really haven't been. So I think that's also kind of a refreshing thing that update doesn't seem to be like dominating the screen time and the power rankings um, where this episode finally was, I think Colin had seven minutes, 20 seconds and that was like pretty high for all of them. But yeah, I can check on the uh, the amount of guest appearances.
1: Yeah. Let me, let me know about that. Cause I also think that when you have a smaller cl- uh, cast, the uh, it will obviously raise the level of screen time for everybody else. So it's less diluted among, you know, I guess in the case of last year, 19 cast members that weren't weekend update anchors. And in this year now there's 15 cast members that aren't weekend update anchors. So on average, everyone's probably going to have more screen time. And that way the, um, you know, the differences between the weekend update anchors and the rest of the cast having screen time will be, uh, you know, will vary less in this season versus last season because of the smaller cast size. So I think that is a factor here
0: for sure.
2: Yep. All right. We are going to move on to a new slide. Okay. And I will show that right now. So this is something new from Mike. So, Mike, do you want to explain what we are looking at or listening to, depending where you are right now?
0: Sure, yeah. I'll give it a quick intro. Um, This is a stat that is very dear to um, John Schneider's heart, is counting how many times people appear on SNL and that's a huge part of the power ranking stat, too. So it's something that we talk about a lot. And that goes from, you know, being a cold open lead or a weekend update anchor to doing a small two-second voiceover like uh, Chloe Feynman had um, this past week. So that all goes into the number of appearances. And John has counted them since season one. And so we're looking at we're looking at this season's appearance total. And then I thought it would be fun to look ahead um, for for a twenty one episode season to see if things keep up the way they're going, where will they end up? Because we talked a lot tonight about how everyone's been in every episode, other than Cecily missing for the first three. So everyone's been, you know, contributing as we've been talking about. But if everything stayed the same, like where would it end up, and how would that stack up to their SNL career? Um, obviously, the four rookies and the two sophomores, not as much sample size, but for everybody else, it's pretty um record-breaking season for a lot of them uh, as far as their career highs and lows so that's what we have here is this season's appearances what they're projected to get and then what their current career high and low is i'm gonna throw it over to john for some insight on this one
2: for sure do you want to do the honors of, of reading out any any parts of this data for our audio listeners
1: yeah absolutely so You know, this is the stat, and this is why the stat is sort of important to me, is because I think that when Mike does his power rankings, how I've always felt is I look at them as advanced analytics, and if you're really into the analytics of SNL, the power rankings, the screen time, that stuff is really, really important. When it comes to appearances, though, to me, this is sort of the metric that the casual watcher of SNL will take away from evaluating someone's season and someone's career on the show. And that's why I think it's very important because it's like, how many sketches have I seen this person in? How many sketches have they been in throughout the entirety of their careers? And that's why I think it's fascinating to sort of look at the career statistics, uh, career numbers of all of these uh, cast members. And I think it's sort of fun to say, okay, when you're evaluating, is this, this person's best season in their career? you can take this metric and start to look at it as an example of why that may be. So for me, it's sort of fun to take a look now six episodes in and see, you know, what are these cast members on pace for? for this season? And is this close to their career highs or career lows potentially? And I think the ones that are the most interesting here are, for example, Heidi Gardner has been in 27 appearances so far this season. She's projected in a 21 episode season to be in 95 appearances this season. That would go way over her career high of 78 back in season 44. Then we also have Chloe, who would be, who's in 26 so far. She's projected for 91. That would smash her career high, which was 52 in season 47 last season. Even Ego, 22 appearances so far, projected for 77, which would top her career high at 69 in season 46. Then uh, Bowen Yang, James Austin Johnson, they're also projected projected for 74 appearances with their 21 so far this season. Um, Bowen had 55 last season. So he would be at a career high. JJ had 51 last season. He would be a career high. So there's a lot of people now with, you know, the departures of the previous cast members that are now stepping in and potentially could be in their career high appearances. It's also interesting to see who would be in career low appearances, people who uh, you may have expected, you know, potentially more from where they're going to end up as well. Um, So, you know, instead of calling, you know, certain people out by name, I think let's just sort of discuss, you know, which whose numbers here are the most interesting to all of you and to the chat as well.
0: So Mike, when you were going through this, how did you feel about it? Just that it was a positive sign for the cast that uh, they're going forward and not backward. Um, I think we talked a lot about Chloe Feynman kind of taking a step back in her season last year. And that was like kind of concerning. Um, You think that she would be moving forward, while well, well, Bowen was ascending in his stardom so to see the appearances like this and how strong it's been and then be like oh, most of the cast should break their record which is like pretty crazy um, it makes sense for the Heidi and Egos, I think um, and Bowen too like who are you know a little further from being newbies in the cast uh, but even I guess like like last year does Mukes. I guess I should point him out as someone who's not on, on pace but I think he will be in a couple episodes. So just someone that's not on paper, right? Projected for a career high. But yeah, like that's I mean, John already read some of them off, so I don't want to be redundant, but like they're pretty not even like a small breakage of the record. They're like way above even someone like uh, J A J, who I think his stock might have been a little low um at the beginning of the season, and now it's like projected for 74 versus last season, his rookie season was 51. So things like that I think just stand out. And yeah, I just I think everyone in the cast is. I mean, I I'm usually like a little less positive on the show, but like everyone's doing like a really good job, <laughs> um, which is something I don't say a lot. But um, you're doing I amazing, think
2: it's, sweetie, it's as exactly. Chris Jenner would say. Yeah, Nicole. Of any of
1: these <laughs> any
0: of these cast members
1: projected appearances stand out to you?
2: Yeah, I mean, Keenan is is here at the top. He has 28 appearances so far in the season and projected 98. His career high 108. So I just I think you know, for anyone who says that Keenan is, you know, whatever people want to say. If, if I mean actually nobody really wants to see, thinks he's been there too long. I think it's universal. There's there's nobody who has that hot take. I take that back. Um, that would be yeah, Mike.
0: No, I was in that that was my take last season finale. <laughs> we did the show. Mm-hmm. That was my rant. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. You you had you had some some feelings about one of the sketches that that was included in the finale where there were other things that should have been in its place. And it, it was a Keenan showcase. So I, I agreed with you there. I think Keenan would probably agree with us there as well. So I don't feel bad saying it. There were just, I was at the dress rehearsal that show and oh my God, there were so many amazing sketches that were better than that one. I remember you saying that too, but anyway, so I just think it's also like, it's not a bad thing for a Keenan, you know, a legend, the longest running cast member to not be expected to smash his career high. Like, you know, opt someone like Keenan, you can have an amazing season and not smash your career high. That's fine, you know, um, but he's still doing amazingly well. So that's just something to to point out. And then also I'll, I'll say Joe and Che, because just just to counter your point, John, a bit about how this would be the casual SNL viewers' mental, you know, picture of, of how people are doing um, on the show. I think that there's a large chunk of casual viewers And I know even for me, when I don't watch live, usually the first parts, you know, if I don't watch live and I don't watch the episode right away in its full form, you know, sometimes the first thing I'll do is I'll watch the cold open and update. And then I'll watch the full episode, you know, later that day. I'm not a casual viewer because here I am with you guys right now. um, And I think that a lot of casual viewers... That is their the what they watch of the show is the cold open and weekend update. We see consistently on YouTube that those are you can you can guess that those are going to be really high up on the views. And then if a sketch goes viral, it'll be around where those are. But usually that's those are really top of the top. Um, but then you so say you you know we know that as fact. But then we also know from our our data from our audience that people are not predicting that Colin Jost would be in the top five of screen time and yet he was so that's an interesting sort of paradox or um you know just just when two things are true and yet they don't really align is like Joe and Che have in certain ways so much more visibility than everyone else because we know that what they're in gets consistently more views than everyone else's content um, although you could argue if you add up all the views if of, if someone's in three appearances three different sketches even if all those sketches have fewer, fewer views than we can update, maybe they had the same amount of visibility. But anyway, all that's to say is um, it is interesting to to think about the value of you know taking these just pure appearance numbers and and really saying what does it mean. Um, and so you know, I just want to shout also, Joseph and che they are they're at twenty one, and they both um, have career highs that for the season that would be. 27 for Jost and 30 for Che, respectively. So, um, you know, sometimes we see them outside of the desk and I love them. You're just bitter about make... your draft. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Won't deny that. I think I do. I really like when they appear on outside of uh, outside of the desk. I, I think we should just give Michael Che five sketch appearances every week. And he just comes in. He says hi and he walks away. Me as a really, really seasoned you know, media analyst here. I, I just feel like that would be really good for the show and really good for sort of comedy at large. I just think that my, that Michael Che should just say hi in about 80% of the sketches every single episode is sort of how I feel.
0: Okay. And while we're talking about um, Joseph <laughs> that's and Che. Really, that's
2: because of my draft. I really am upset because I'm in last place and I got to pick first.
0: And I uh, really,
2: but- I flopped. It's
0: always ne- it's always next year, Nicole. Uh, While well, we're talking about the value of those spots and Joe and Che, so quick count just literally just counted them. Um, out of the eleven guest spots on updates, seven have gone on Cho- on Colin's side, and four have gone to Michael's side. So that's yeah, a big disparity. Om- almost double. Um, of course, yeah. two of Che's were two guests. We had Heidi and Chloe, and JJ and Keenan. Interesting. If
2: we still but. had 80, we would have definitely seen trend forecasters by now. And that would have given Che a boost on this list, which I really miss. And I just want to say that I I do miss 80 and I feel like trend forecasters, um, it's still taking on a life of its own. You know, it was like one of the most popular SNL Halloween costumes this year. But I feel like it we, we were we were cut short of it. I, I feel like it could have sort of been a humongous phenomenon and... Um, I mean, maybe Bowen and AD could turn it into a live show or something even outside of SNL. But I just I, I hope that that can continue to grow and it doesn't have to be AD making a cameo or hosting in order for us to see it. Because I, I think that the canon of the trend forecasters um, should not have seen its end just yet.
0: Be a good call for maybe Bowen's final episode. 80 could yeah, slide but- in that'd be great Junko's, oh um, my
2: god that's not what i meant at all i wasn't trying to go there yet slow well down. i mean if we want to
0: see it back if you know if 80 guest started randomly then you know maybe a carrie crummer or somebody but uh yeah. if it was like a solo update piece but you know if it was a, a farewell to bowen that would be a great way slow because, down mike yeah because <laughs> uh, you know he was there on her last update so
1: well, I can I just say also, um, it, by the way, that I do agree with Nicole. I think there are other metrics for casual viewers, including who is in the cold open, who is playing the president, who is uh, on who are the weekend update anchors. It's not necessarily just like career uh, appearances that make, you know, will raise your, your rating as far as people who have much they know you. So I agree with that. I think this is a factor, though. And I would say like an interesting case study, I think, if you're going to look at this, is Mikey Day. Because if you look at Mikey's uh, career high, career low, Mikey is uh, had 89 appearances in season 42. That was his rookie season. He had an incredible rookie season, so much so that a lot of people were talking about him being the next star of the show at the time going back, you know, six years, you know, then he's had a pretty good run. He's sort of gone into like, hey, this is typical Mikey shtick on the show. And like he's had his place in the show, but I don't know that he ever like grew into that star you know flash forward to this year we're expecting him to be that and we haven't seen it yet he had a really good episode this past uh one with Chappelle but it's sort of been like extremely volatile and up and down for Mikey and he's still even now projected for 67 appearances which would be a career low lower than last year in 46 where he had 69 so uh as far as like you know, his sort of career on the show. I'm not, I'm not arguing that Mikey had a bad career because I actually think Mikey had a pretty good career at SNL. And this may be like a metric that's a little bit of an exception to the rule. But I did think it's interesting to talk about as far as like him making an impact on screen season to season. It doesn't, I think in the latter part of his career, he's actually made less of an impact than the beginning. And I wonder if, you know, he continues to have great episodes like he had with Chappelle this past, uh, if he can boost that up so the numbers uh, won't be a career low for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, anything else, Mike, that you want to talk about on here?
0: Well, w- one was I also did uh, projected screen time too. I didn't include it on this chart, um, but I thought it would be fun to just see it and compare it to last year. So maybe we'll save that for you know mid season or something like that. But we're talking about um, Heidi Gardner, and I was like, wow, projected she's leading the cast in screen time right now. So that definitely is a big factor why she overtook Keenan in the power rankings. But on pace for two hours, twenty-four minutes. Like that's really big. So I also do a prime time um, screen time metric. That's if you're in the show between cold open and weekend update. Like Nicole said, I really think a lot of people do not make it to the end of SNL, or they watch it on YouTube and they start with those segments. And I was looking at that metric as well. And obviously, Colin and Michael, 100% prime time because they're always they've been on update, and nothing else. But one thing that stood out is. Marcelo Hernandez, two update spots, very high up. J.A.J., cold open king, very high up. So that makes sense to me. But Bowen, Heidi, and Chloe, I think there's a stat that I can point to right now before we move on in the show and talking about projections, is like, that's a good sign that SNL has dubbed them the future or the stars of this cast, is that not only are they high power ranking, high screen, screen time, that makes sense, but... 81% or 81.7% for Bowen, 77 and a half percent for Heidi and 76% for Chloe. That's the percentage of their total screen time that has been during that like really crucial part of the show. So that's that I, I, I point to every once in a while, just because I think the order of the sketches, a lot of thought goes into that from Lauren himself, from the writing staff, from production so, that's something that I, I really get into. I nerd out about on the show is where they put sketches. And I think it's an endorsement if your sketch gets put on right after the monologue. So, like something like that might have to do with technical things, but often it's like a really strong sketch that gets put in that area between the monologue and update.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. I would agree with you. All right, anything else on here? And this, yeah, well, I think we'll continue to have this conversation and then let us know if you wanna see something comparable from Mike in screen time rather than appearances, because that will also be interesting. And I think what will be really interesting is to compare the order. So, you know, the order of, of from top to bottom on the appearances versus the order from top to bottom on screen time. And, you know, we'll see how similar those are, or if there are people Who are all of you know really high on one, not so high on another. Like a theme with Chloe this season that I would not have guessed. um, That feels like totally opposite to what I the way I described her and perceived her last year on the show is that she is averaging really high in number of appearances and then lower in screen time per appearance. And that has happened several times this season for Chloe, where she was, you know, she had three appearances this episode. Um, and then she was right. Let me just confirm that. Yeah, so she had three, three this, this episode, but she was in the bottom. Uh, you know, she was actually the lowest cast member on, on screen time. And um, the only people beneath her were Please Don't Destroy and cameos, and you know, including uh, cameos is, would be Steve Higgins. So, you know, that's that's really astonishing is that technically she had the largest number, she was tied for the most sketch appearances by a cast member for this episode and yet she was the lowest cast member in terms of screen time so that I, I feel like is a, a, a theme a storyline I'm noticing for Chloe is kind of like the Keenan effect of the the famous thing where you can write Keenan into the end of a sketch and it saves the sketch um it isn't that um but there is something to be said for the similarities where Chloe will be in a in a lot of sketches and and not necessarily be you know the a role um but bring something to the sketch whether it's a really good impression or um a really good quick moment whatever it is um so that's a, a storyline I'm, I'm very curious to keep watching
1: i'll just say one one thing quickly before you just wrap up this appearance stuff uh this year we had aaron judge in mlb baseball break the al home run record doesn't look like we're going to break Phil Hartman's single season appearance record of 144. No one has even mm-hmm. come close. So it's uh, something I'm always watching for.
2: Yeah. I mean, Heidi, Heidi could at this, at this, if she increases her rate, I feel like it's not impossible. Do Is it 144? Find-
1: Definitely not, but she could crack a hundred. I think that's, that's reasonable.
2: Yeah. I think if she would have to increase the rate that she's at, but I um I, I would say if anyone could do it, I feel like I could see Heidi. Like I I don't think Keenan is going to increase his rate, but I I could see Heidi like accelerating and and surprising us all.
0: I know so. I'm I'm literally being my own worst enemy right now because <laughs> I invented a stat to avoid this question. Um, but <laughs> I am curious though if we if we eliminate non-visual appearances. Um, some of the numbers just because a lot of times like Mm. Nicole was making a great point about Chloe and I was like, all right, let me look at her time per appearance this season. And she's at one minute, five seconds per appearance. Like I mentioned a a moment ago, like she spoke for two seconds in the cold open as a voiceover. So right away you're dividing in two seconds amongst her appearances this season of 26. So um, Phil Hartman like, literally did it all. Beck Bennett, Cecily Strong, people like that, like, post huge numbers. Even Keenan will, you know, he's not known for his voice work, but, like, pretty consistently does voice work on the show. So I am curious. And I have done, gone back on my stats and figured that's, some of that stuff out. So I can't answer those questions, but I just had to be that guy for a second because I'm like, <laughs> uh, Beck Bennett always last year was, like, killing it, but was low on some metrics. And I was like, it's really because will do a couple seconds of voice work. Right. I
1: mean, it yes. makes a difference, right? I mean, Phil was in so many, uh did so many like church chat openings and stuff like that. I mean, right, that's what I was it, thinking
0: of was church chat the opening. Yeah,
1: like that's a great example of like him getting appearances uh, and like sliding in to get like. I mean, he was putting up again. The cast was much smaller at the time, so I, I think these are like modern records that will never be broken. Probably sorry, they're, they're records that will never be broken in modern times. I think is what I'm trying to say. But uh you know, the the numbers that people were putting up in individual episodes, like putting up like twelve appearances in an episode, like uh, for a cast member, it's like it, you're never going to see that stuff happen
0: now right and i i forget the answer this john so i just want to ask you on air if dana carvey does church chat and phil does they use a canned phil hartman because you know rest his soul he's no longer with us would that would that bump up his number all time
1: Yeah, so that technically would bump up his number all time. And the reason that, you know, these decisions were made, they're actually made a little bit in conjunction with people who work at the show and how they count their stuff like this is because, yeah, you know, we always base these things on SNL making a decision. So the decision here is do we replace the voiceover in the thing or is it too iconic to replace? And we're making the choice to include Phil Hartman in the sketch and in a way It is included. So, um, you know, if we were to see uh, a Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy pop up in 2022, then yes, that would be a Phil Hartman appearance if he was, if he was saying that. So there are such things as, as uh, I I don't know how to pronounce it, posthumous, posthumous? uh, Yeah, posthumous posthumous yeah there's such a thing as posthumous appearances it's there's only a few i mean there hasn't been like you know church chats happened like a handful of times since phil passed but there's not that many situations where we could talk about someone who's not no longer with us and have made appearance on the show but yeah in theory if like steve higgins one day was to no longer be with us and they decided to use some of his voiceovers then yeah that would count
2: Mm.
0: steve higgins not to not to
2: not to yeah i i actually could believe that that he's immortal, but that's, that is a really interesting point. Um, you know, I was talking at work today and yesterday, huge detour, but, um, the ethics of human remains, um, I won't get into why (laughs) or how that came up. Um, but I was literally just talking about that today. And, and I think that this is, uh, the same thing, you know, human remains. How, how is this the same thing? (laughs) Well, it's not organs, but it's, you know, it's, it's copyright, 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 you know, content of, of like likeness people who have been on, you know, it's 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 their their brand, their voice, their whatever, you know, it's their it's their remains, you know, Steve Higgins voiceovers in sixty years, those are as much as human remains as as his organs, no.
1: Sure. I mean, I guess like, you know, in the, in the, same, uh, in the same vein as what we're discussing. Veins like speaking cold-
2: of, of um, body parts. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, in the cold open this week, we had um, Fox and Friends, right? And that is something that for years, whenever Fox and Friends would show up, Cecily was the voiceover in Fox and Friends. But for some reason this week, they switched it to Chloe, which I don't know why, because Cecily was in the building. You know, uh, was it because Cecily was in the sketch and which is weird because I think she's been in other Fox and Friends sketches in the past, if I remember correctly. So, like for whatever reason, they made a decision to switch that, which obviously takes an appearance away from potentially Cecily and gives it to Chloe. So that's a decision that SNL made.
0: Yeah. And just to be clear, we we do differentiate when me and John, which I mentioned before, we have a lot of discussions about how his decisions are made, is it's different than a um canned image. Like we saw um, Gilly and the My Rudolph Maya-ing pre-tape. Mm. That was like, it wasn't that and Wig actually popped up. It was, they used an image of Gilly. Correct, John?
1: Yes, that is correct. Though, again, we're getting very uh, deep cut here. But the uh, <laughs> this is what the show it- is for. Yes, but if uh, if on a weekend update uh, they were to make a joke and Che would point to his graphic and it is a, an image of let's say Andrew Dismukes like dressed as a baby, that is a, an appearance for Andrew Dismukes because they took the time to then take the picture of right, Dismukes absolutely. on the green screen and then put but if it it's a thing, new so... picture
2: that we haven't seen before, what if yeah what if remember when Andrew Dismukes was going to die? Speaking of human remains, in a week, you know that remember that whole bit from a, a while ago what if then a picture from that weekend update appearance that we had already seen footage of, what if that, you know, the next episode on December 3rd, hypothetically, a picture of that appeared, but we had already seen a video of that picture. What about that?
1: Well, like, okay, so here's a good example. So for, um, in the please don't destroy pre-tape from this week, when they were talking about Molly's candidacy, and they showed a still image of the McMeany's sketch, which was a cut sketch mm. from the Brendan Gleeson episode, they showed a still from a sketch that never appeared on SNL. Yet it had Brendan Gleeson and all of these cast members. That was not a uh, appearance for anybody. So you have to be very clear about what yeah. was the distinction here. You know, they're able. You know, we're able to show archived footage. And that's not necessarily considered um, uh, considered an appearance, but the goal here, and by the way, like to, to, turn this back in uh, around just so that the uh, listeners fully understand what we're trying to say here is that like, it was very important to me when we started these appearance stats that we were in line with how Saturday Night Live counts their appearances. So like when we announce on our thing, Hey, Keenan Thompson is about to get to 1500 SNL has to be on board with that, right? It can't just be us. That's just like, okay. Yeah. Like, oh, all of a sudden, like somebody's at a hundred sketches, like no, no, no SNL has to be on the same page with us. So the key here is that like we count appearances the same way that SNL counts their appearances. so that, you know, the show and us are consistent and can keep track of stats as people continue to grow on the show. So yes, there are a little like minute details of specific things, but, uh, ultimately consistency is the most important here. So like when I talk about this with Mike and uh, our friend Joel from SNL archives, he also does stats on his site. And uh, we also have, uh, you know, SNL itself that we communicate with fairly often. So like, you know, this is the thing that's, that's very important. is just that everybody keeps things consistent. So throughout 48 years of the show, when they weren't tracking stats back in the day, we can go back and look at stuff and make sure that everything matches up to today.
0: And when uh, John and I have passed, um, I think the national Archives will release the transcripts of these discussions, um, so <laughs> you can uh, you can read them all. It'll be like the release Federalist the Papers, text. you know, or like just you can. They'll be cited for generations um, going forward. That this is the birth of the SNL stats era really was mm. catapulted by this podcast and by yeah. John watching all the shows.
1: For sure. Yeah. If I make if if I make posthumous appearances on the SNL network or Saturday Night Network, whatever we are called, then um, you know it counts as an appearance. So
2: <laughs> I think we're gonna be called SNL stats again. I, I think in 100 years. <laughs> full circle. I, think, I think that you know, if, if we believe that the earth is not flat, which I I, I believe that the earth is not flat, and I'm <laughs> anyways, hey, I hope I hope I hope you do too. Um, but assuming the earth is not flat. That I think will be called SML stats in 150 to 200 years now.
1: Maybe we'll, we'll have to wait. See, <laughs> hope you're all with us to find out.
2: Yeah, Time anybody alive, right? anyone maybe. who's like four years old listening, you could maybe live to 150. So, um, you know, keep us posted. You know, in the sky, because I I feel like people being born around now could could live that long. So, you know, any anybody really, any toddlers listening out there, just take note. <laughs> Anyways, um, John, do you want to chat about the patron ratings for for this week? I'm going to pull those up.
1: Sure, yeah. I mean, this is one of my favorite things that we get to do with the patrons every single week is that we get to kind of get their feedback on each episode. So if you're like, you know, I just watch all of these, um, you know, idiots every single week on all the episodes try and give their thoughts on SNL and they don't know what they're talking about well I can give my opinion too and yeah you can just join our patron program and send in your your patron values every single week of your evaluation of every single cast member so we do put out a form on Patreon we put drop it in our patron discord as well and then uh, we get to get your opinions and it's really great that Mike and Nicole and whichever guests is here each week get to display the patron values as well and we get to evaluate okay are the patrons seeing the same things the way that they? The panelists are and the analysts and the numbers most importantly
2: we should do something with that i just realized panelists and analyst rhyme
1: <gasps> yeah. taking
2: note right now continue john
1: oh yeah so uh do you want me to read out the patron values from this week is that it? okay so let's do that so I mean, we know how much uh, people love Sarah Sherman. Well, of course uh, we got Sarah news this week at number one with 8.83 from the patrons, Michael Longfellow, everybody's favorite boy toy at 8.33. Number two, Keenan Thompson at number three, uh, the veteran at 8.17. Uh, Mikey day, having a good episode. At number eight, Marcelo Hernandez comes in at number five with 7.83. And he uh, had a, just a wonderful appearance on weekend update this week. Uh, uh, how about J.A.J. J. coming at number six, 7.67. Also, Molly Carney up there, 7.67. So the patrons are very high in what they saw from Molly, even though they didn't necessarily have the screen time that we uh, looked at when we were talking about the power rankings. Ego Wodum comes in 7.17. We have Heidi Gardner and Colin Jost at 6.5. Chloe Feynman at 6.33. Andrew Dismukes, 6.17. Punky Johnson, 5.83. Michael Che, 5.5. Devin Walker and Bowen Yang at five and uh, look who it is all the way at the bottom. Uh, you think you were winning if the last two episodes Cecily strong, but the patrons say you're at the bottom of the list this week,
2: 4.67. That is wild that Bowen and Cecily are down there because it, I mean, it just shows, I, I feel like our, our patrons are a really like honest community. And I say honest, like with themselves of, of really rating, you know, not just who your favorite is. Cause if you look at the cast, I'm sure bowen and cecily are in a lot of people's you know top five favorite cast members right now um but i do like that there's so much movement on these every week because it shows that people are really looking at this objectively and being like yeah cecily maybe is my favorite cast member right now but you know week to week i'm i'm gonna look at it differently and i just i love how much movement there is on these patron patron ratings so keep keep that up patrons because i i I I don't think I am this when I'm doing purely subjective, you know, I take out the stats and I do like purely subjective stuff like this. I I think I come with more bias than I'm seeing reflected in, in these averages. So kudos for the mindset going on just with all of this fluctuation. I think that's like a really a good sign that our community is, you know, adaptable with themselves and with the way that they're watching the show every week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just want to echo, i mean, to talk about everybody every week about how much I appreciate the patrons um, doing this because I just think it offers an, another layer to our show and to our commentary as a podcast is getting the opinions of the experts because, you know, we're going to talk about all day about, I mean, look at the conversation we just had about how much painstaking effort goes into quantizing a 48-season-long variety show. So at the end of the day, we're talking about a a television show that people want to laugh at. So I want to hear what people who really know the show think about the cast. And I think I'm vibing with the patrons a lot because I think the patrons really want just to see variety and to see people shine that don't always shine. So I feel like seeing Cecily who said live from New York as at the bottom list, because we didn't see anything from Cecily that we don't always see. I mean, she plays that character she played on, on the cold open is similar to a lot of characters she's done and we've seen a lot of political cold opens but to see um someone like molly or marcello michael longfellow and sarah at at the top i think just makes sense because it's refreshing so i think the community as a whole likes to see new things like to see diverse sketches people ideas all that so earlier tonight beginning the show i said i like chaos in the show And one fun thing about chaos is you don't know what's going to happen and you're going to see things you didn't see last week, ideally. So um, yeah, good job by the patrons. It makes sense to me.
2: Yeah. Also, I just always have to point out, you know, my through line forever is that Sarah performs so well with any, every and every type of like, you know, subjective rankings that we ever do, whether on social media, with patrons, like, it's just I feel like we we have not seen anybody perform so well with these types of things, regardless of where their screen time is. So I just think that's like she's just leaving such a such a strong impression.
1: Yeah, is, I mean for I for for Sarah, it's really just that.
2: Thanksgiving must have come early this year because that hunk is giving
1: the turkey waddle between my legs something to be thankful for.
2: There it is. the soundboard. Yes. Sarah's thankful yeah, Sarah's
0: thank you for the patrons.
2: Yes. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um. Also, just while we're on her before we close this up is that Sarah had a really strong episode in her career and the Amy Schumer episode. And, you know, this one was, uh, you know, a very small part in the PDD at the end. And, uh, you know, a huge update spot where she appeared as herself and did kind of a recurring bit with Colin and stuff. And I think that stands out. So kind of goes back to that question of you know, is it better to be peppered throughout the show or to have one big splash? And I just thought that stood out because I'm looking at Sarah's numbers from the season, and it's like about 38, 51, 45, 32, 70 for Amy Schumer, and then 59 for this week. Um, and that, again, is all screen times and appearances. So uh, I think Sarah did well in the patron ratings um, last time as well. But just that was funny that that some, you do one big thing like that, and it can really make or break um, the fan perception of you. And I think everyone in the cast knows that very well. And they know that they don't always need to be in everything, but they definitely want to get some good laughs because at the end of the day, or at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about.
2: Yep. All right. Anything else on here? No, okay, cool. Well, John, thank you for joining us this Speaking of the earth not being flat, you know, this really feels full circle to every time that you're here and we appreciate it. So um, you want to kind of talk about what's coming up on Saturday Night Network?
1: Oh, do I ever? I mean, we just have so much great content coming up for you. If you're feeling like, wow, what am I going to do? I mean, seven, I guess six of the last seven weeks has been Saturday Night Live and we have the biggest break that we've had since before the season started. So if, you know, we're not lacking of SNL content over here, we're coming through for you. So uh, tomorrow we still have our patron feedback show yes, we're going to talk about Dave Chappelle one last time tomorrow, but this time with some patrons. We're going to answer some questions and we're also going to start our talk about the Kiki Palmer episode. Look ahead to that. So that will be tomorrow. Very excited for that one. So we have some anticipation brewing. Uh, got a bunch of really fun questions about Kiki, so I'm excited to sort of get into that tomorrow with two of our incredible patrons. We'll be live at 6 p.m. Eastern for that show tomorrow, so make sure to join us a little bit earlier on a Thursday. But uh, you have that, and that'll be available to you if you want to listen to it throughout the weekend as well or sometime next week and then on Monday night it's Thanksgiving week, so I uh, could not be more thankful for our super fans who are getting together to give their opinions on the greatest Thanksgiving sketches of all time, and that'll be live at 8 p.m. Eastern on Monday night, so make sure to join us there and uh, you know chat with them you know, about your favorite Thanksgiving sketches, and of course, I believe NBC will be airing the Thanksgiving special that they do every single year next week as well, so you'll get a precursor to that by listening to the uh, super fans, and then I'm very excited to announce for the first time publicly. On the podcast, that next Wednesday night in a week from now, Nicole and Mike will not be here, but I'll be here with a very special guest actually, a couple of very special guests. I'll be here first off with uh, James Stevens, who's coming back to the podcast for the first time in a couple months to do some SNL stories, and we will be joined by the legendary. Paul Schaefer, who was a cast member on Saturday Night Live, part of the original SNL uh, band, then went, obviously went off to uh, David Letterman, both on NBC and then uh, part of the CBS Orchestra on CBS, and um, we're going to get to talk to Paul, ask him all about, you know, his time at Saturday Night Live. He actually hosted the show back in 1987, so he has some really uh, great stories, very excited to talk to Paul, and he we will also be joined by Tom Bones Malone, who's a great friend of Paul, who joined us on a previous SNL stories, so we'll get to hang out with Tom Bones Malone, Paul Schaefer, myself, and James next Wednesday night if you want to come join us for that one, a very fun off-week show.
2: Yes, much, much to be excited about, and then also on social media. We're doing a lot of fun, um, you know, off-week posts, and uh, yeah, we're having a lot of fun with it, and, and we'll continue to do so, so, you know, be sure to follow along everywhere on Instagram, Twitter if you're into that these days. If you're not, we understand Um, you know, totally, totally get that, um, you know, TikTok, And then of course, wherever, wherever you're watching or listening right now, make sure that you're subscribed, you know, leave us a review. Just, I always say, just, you know, press some buttons because whatever buttons you press, it really helps people find the show. And we really appreciate that because this, this episode, you know, we're again, circling back two years. Um, it's just great. I feel like this community that we've built is so much of the reason that we, are doing what we're doing and you know these so many of these stats have been inspired by people in our community and these conversations and so it's just you know and it's a it's a great time to have this anniversary you know with thanksgiving right around the corner because i just i think we're all feeling very thankful so you know thank you above all to everyone listening we really appreciate it mike where can people find you what's and what's up and how what's your what are you going to do for thanksgiving which i didn't ask you john but let us know after.
0: You can always find me at SNL Mike Murray and I will be posting some break stats that now that we have a weekly show I mean I just I'll, I've been slacking a little bit so I'm going to fill in give a full rundown of all the cast that will live up on my Twitter so go check that out also I want to plug um, Booker T. Jones 2009 album Potato Hole because it's a real album so check it out um, you know it's not really a new thing but you know I think just i check the album out but he covers hey yeah by outcast on that album um so yeah real hey album yeah. that was hey yeah yep uh that's about it for thanksgiving i'm just thankful for uh for john schneider nicole rovine and the snn the saturday night network mm. so thanks everybody
2: john what, what's anything about your thanksgiving did you do that oh. up there in canada
1: uh, yeah, we do uh, in October because we have Canadian right, Thanksgiving. Right. So, uh, right, so you're, my,
2: so you're...
1: yeah, my American Thanksgiving is pretty much spent the way that any good Canadian who loves America would do, which is uh, watch football all day. So I just will nice. be watching lots of NFL on your Thanksgiving and enjoy it.
2: Nice. Well, we're 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 honored to give you that that day to enjoy lots of football. I will be going to Philadelphia with. see my my dad's cousins which will be really nice we like to go there and um yeah it's it's fun and then yeah that's that's for me so thank you everyone so much for for being here we are very thankful for you happy early thanksgiving or anytime you're watching this it's always we're always thankful no matter what time it is no matter what day it is so thank you so much and we will see you next time bye